it's the energy of opening ceremony and the parade of nations is just really, really incredible. The, the just, I'm a, I love our country and I'm so honored to represent us in competition. So to get to have your USA uniform and, and represent the country in competition is, it's the best thing ever. You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of No Gimmicks Just Sweat. And today we welcome Kristen Hetzel to the show. Kristen, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Eric. Well, thank you for coming on. And again, I'm a huge fan. And I've said this to you before, I'm a huge fan. So I'm glad to have you on the show and be able to talk to you. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm really excited to be here. And what I generally do to start every show is kind of a warm-up, you know, just like you work out, you know, you want to warm up first. Um, mm-hmm. And the warm-up is going to be with a couple of icebreaker questions, you know, just so that the listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better, okay? Okay. All right, so let's start with morning training or evening training. Okay. Am I, am I picking one or do you want to hear my morning, evening Wh- training? Which one? Which do you prefer? Mm, pr- I prefer morning training. Mornings, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cardio or strength? Mm, cardio. Run on a treadmill or run outside? Run outside, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you're riding inside, you ride inside with or without Zwift? Without. Oh, see, you're another one. I'm with, I'm without Zwift too. So oh, you're in go. the same okay. camp. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> right on. All right. Favorite segment in a duathlon: the run or the bike? Tough, but I'll say run. Okay. Favorite race distance: sprint, Olympic, or long course? Mm, also tough. Let's say Olympic. Okay. Okay. All right. First thing you do after a race. Eat. <laughs> what, what's your go-to meal? Well, <laughs> anything I can find. No, usually. <laughs> often after a race, I, that's when I love to have a hamburger. Yes. Every, see, everybody loves that good burger after uh-huh. a race. And I, I'm talking a good burger. I'm not talking about McDonald's. I'm talking that's a good right. burger. A that's good exactly solid. right. Yes, a good solid burger. <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> All right, so your dream race to participate in anywhere in the world? Hmm, dream race to participate. I think it would be cool to race in Antarctica. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Just because I always wanted to go there, and I find racing takes me to so many unusual places I would never go, that that would be a a great reason to to get to go to Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) And get to I race with they... penguins and stuff, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you would be there just to enjoy being there. 
Uh huh. So it wouldn't necessarily be like, okay, I got to finish within X amount of time. It's more of like, okay, this is the experience. That's right. And I'm sure there's not actually a race in Antarctica, but it just sounds cool if there would be. <laughs> I think that I'm trying to think. Look there. I'm oh, thinking yeah. if there is, there might be. See, now you're going to have me going and Googling after. Uh-huh. You know, I've been trying to find it. I'm just like, hey, look, I found one. Okay, and I was going to say, if, it, if there isn't one in Antarctica, I think it would be really neat to race in Iceland. You are the third person to say that. Really? Oh, that's interesting, because that's pretty, you know, that's Iceland's a little more remote and random, but yeah, I just think it would be great to race there see this is sparking my curiosity because you are the third person that has huh. said it as an answer that's really interesting and well they, they, they specified iceland during the summer they, they were very specific iceland during the summer yeah yeah i would agree with that too yeah i don't want to do winter iceland i don't think that would be a fun one but the summertime oh yeah all right, so if you can go on a run, a ride, or train with any celebrity or athlete, dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. I would love to go on a run with Steve Prefontaine. Okay, okay. All right, last one, and this kind of may go back to the dream race. Um, dream location anywhere in the world to go for a run or a ride. Hmm. Yeah, but I want to pick somewhere new now because if I'm racing in Iceland, <laughs> let's go somewhere different and let's go. I think the Bahamas would be great. Tropical, oh. nice weather. <laughs> it's warm weather, the beach, yeah. water, sand, water. Yes. Yeah. All right. Bahamas. I'm going for a run in the Bahamas. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kristen, this is the point where I asked you what is your origin story? And I always, I always frame it as think of yourself as uh, a Marvel Universe superhero. And yeah, this, this is that. your spotlight on this is your origin. And, you know, you know, just starting off, you are a Team USA athlete, silver uh, medalist, nine times All-American. Let's see. On top of a doctor of physical therapy, celebrity trainer, actor and fitness model so did i leave anything out no you did good <laughs> that's it that's that's what i do that's me <laughs> so so how did you get to the point of being the super athlete that you are well i've always been an athlete my whole life i started as a gymnast when i was about six years old i started gymnastics did that for a couple years then got into softball then basketball volleyball um, tried many different sports and then it was in high school that i got into cross country and track it was funny because the other sports i was good at but the thing that everybody would always comment on in the other sports was how I never got tired in practice, right? Like basketball, I'd be running up and down the court. And people would be like, she runs so fast up and down the court. I'm like, well, who cares about that? <laughs> so anyway, so it was just kind of funny. It was sort of in the background that I was going to get into running. I just didn't know it yet. Um, so then I ran uh, cross country and track in high school, went on to get a scholarship to my university. 
in college, which was wonderful to get to do what I love and, and get a full scholarship and education doing that. Then uh, in graduate school, I started cycling and fell in love with that got picked up by a professional cycling team and raced for four years. And then one day I heard about this event called the duathlon. Somebody said, oh, there's this event where you run and you bike. You might really like it since you do both. And that was in 2012. I did my first event was actually the national championships, which was kind of funny because I'd never done a, a duathlon before that. And, um, and got third in my division. And so I then qualified for Team USA in 2012. So it was funny because my first duathlon was the national championship and my second duathlon was the world championship in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I was just hooked after that. I just fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, I've just been doing duathlons ever since. Okay, so, and, and you know, duathlon, I, you know, I love it. You know, but it's not as, I don't want to say it's not, well, compared to triathlon, it's not as popular. So, mm -hmm. have, you know, have you ever done a triathlon before? Yes, I've done many triathlons. I, so when I got into the duathlon, I started doing triathlons also just because I was interested in the whole multi-sport world and I was a swimmer. So I thought, you know, I'll, now that I'm doing the run bike, I might as well do some with the, with the swim too. And really liked it. I, I did some great triathlons, um, Wildflower. Um, I did a, a couple half Ironman races in Santa Cruz. Um, so I've done some 70.3. But what it became was I used them more for training for my duathlon. So my coach would just put them in my season. It would be like, okay, let's do the 70.3 in Santa Cruz and just get a really solid race training base to uh, help along your duathlon training. Okay, that is unique because I generally hear the opposite. People will oh. do duathlon, or at least in my area, people uh -huh. will do duathlon for, as training for triathlon, especially if it, for some reason they can't get into the water. Uh, you know, you've had some people who may have had some type of like a cut or injury and they like, okay, I, I can't get in the water because I got a cut. So I'm using the duathlon as, you know, training. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So so that's kind of interesting to hear that you use triathlon as your train as part of your training. Right. And then also being that I'm I I'm based in Los Angeles with my training. There are a lot of triathlons in Southern California since we're on the ocean. So yes. a lot of it became that too. It's just like, well, there's so many triathlons around here that it just was. It, it, so I think that that's some of it too, just geographically, there were so many opportunities to do triathlon out here. And, you know, there's not as many duathlons because as you said, it's, it tends to not be as popular of a sport as triathlon. So, um, yeah. So if there's a duathlon, that's always my first choice. But if not, then I do the triathlon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about duathlons um, soon. Um, but let's talk about training. So what okay. does a day or week of training for Kristen look like? Well, every day I train twice a day so it might be it depends what part of the season I'm in right now it's early season so 
it's more base building, more longer runs, longer rides, strength training in the gym. So for example, um, today was a lift day at the, at the gym and then a ride. And then tomorrow um, is run bike day. And then the next day might be run lift day. And then the next day might be run bike day. But pretty much six days a week, I do two workouts a day. Right now, uh, my coach, I get one day of rest, which tends to work really well for me. Sometimes I'll still just do something easy, like maybe a a light swim or um, do some yoga stretching and things like that. But uh, I tend to often train twice a day, every day for six days in a row. Okay. See, I'm excited. I'm like, yes, very similar to me. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I but, think but, the rest but, day really helps. It yes. helps me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, and, you know, a lot of people go like, oh, you go so hard. I was like, but when I, my rest day is a true rest day. I do nothing. Yeah. You know, you know for me, that's sitting around watching Netflix. All day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's more often nothing. than not, same for me. Yeah. It's just vegging out. <laughs> yes. Just laying low, relaxing. Yep. Yes. Now I'm a bit jealous because you're out in California, so you you get better weather, so you could probably go bike riding year round. Yes, that's definitely true out here. <laughs> I have to say I've lived in a lot of places in the United States, and there is no better weather than Southern California. It's 65 to 75 every day, pretty much 362 days a year. <laughs> So and je- then we have rain about three days a year, if that. <laughs> so jealous. So jealous, yeah. right? <laughs> it's pretty perfect weather. Yeah. We're very fortunate. All right. So you're very heavy into duathlons. Um, and, you know, as you know, we were talking about, duathlons aren't, you know, the most popular thing. And I know here, um, and here for me is in Georgia, um, we do have, you know, a small duathlon community. When I say small, you pretty much race and know everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a number of events, um, you know, throughout the year. Generally, it's from April till October, November-ish. Um, but I know a lot of race directors, um, they generally tend not to have it have duathlons because they look at it as you know not enough participants you know Mm. you know they kind of look at it like well you know we got two to three hundred people signed up for a triathlon then there's only maybe 10 to 30 people signed up for the duathlon got it Mm -hmm. so is that generally something that you see on the west coast i do but much less it used to be i would say even Six years ago, it was more of that. It would be, you know, somebody would have a triathlon. And, and out here, there's a, a lot of athletes and triathletes. Again, because of the weather, a lot of people migrate here because of the year-round training. So the turnouts are typically pretty good. But the same, it might be, my, there might be three, 400 people in the triathlon and 50 in the duathlon. That would be more typical, say, six years ago, five, six years ago. But now it's gaining more popularity. And it's definitely not as big as the triathlon groups, 
but um, I would say it, it is growing. It's notably growing. And also it's been fun to see that the competition is growing at, at a local level. You know, it used yes. to be, there weren't, there were just a few fast people and now you know, the competition's gotten a lot more interesting too, which is yeah. really good. Yes, and, and I'm seeing that here. So, you know, I, I, I get excited. Like, you know, this past season, I was super excited because, you know, we were averaging 30 to 40 people in, you know, in a race. And I was like, oh, yes, really, competition now. And, um, you know, you know, and again, the community is very small. So you kind of know everyone. Uh-huh. And it was just, the, you know, a lot of us, we, we were getting very hyped because we're like, yes, we got competition now. Right. Yep. It's true. It it makes it more fun. It's like you, cause now you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get cause right. <laughs> new people showing up, fast people yes. showing up. So it mixes it up for sure. So and, and, you know, I, I think it's growing, but it's, it's, it's like very slow. And yeah. a while back I spoke to someone um, overseas and, you know, and it seems like, uh, the sport of duathlon seems to be more acceptable, more popular, you know, um, in European um, countries and stuff. So then the U.S., why do you think that is? Yeah, I've noticed the same thing. Just to, to touch on what, what you said, I, I would agree with that. In Europe, and I've raced all over Europe, the duathlon is much more popular. It's much more well-known. The competition is much, much uh, more fierce. And I'm not sure why. I don't have a good reason other than to think maybe because um, I don't know if a lot of those countries are more landlocked and they don't have a lot of opportunities to race, you know, on the the ocean. Like here we would have triathlons in California or Oregon or, or, but I mean, they, you know, Spain and (laughs) some of the other countries are, they do have ocean uh, on on the borders, so I'm not sure why, but it is it is a thing, definitely. I've noticed as well that, and maybe it's because I don't know. I'm sort of postulating on this, but um, because it is a very athletic world in Europe. I mean, they the cycling is big there, of course. That's yes. been yes. forever that cycling is huge in Europe and running too and so maybe it's a case that they don't mind the second run because i find here in america that that's the big hang up for a lot of people is a lot of people who do triathlons they go oh well the run is my least favorite part why would i want to run twice right right, right. so i think it's a unique person that loves running enough that they want to run two times in a race and for whatever reason, maybe the Europeans have accepted that as, as a, as you know, that's okay with them. I, I, yeah, I can agree with that. Cause I remember something one of the race directors will say as we were getting ready to start to do Athlon, I remember she looked around and then she said, you do athletes are crazy. The run, <laughs> the run, the run. She's like, you're crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It is. Even when you explain it to people, you know, because a lot of times people think they go, oh, you run and then you bike. And then it's and then it's like, yeah, and then you run again. And like, right. wait, you run twice. Why yeah. would you do that? Yes. <laughs> it's like, because it's fun. Right. 
Yeah. I said, like, why, you know, while you have that one group that's swimming, we're running. Uh huh. They're coming out the water. We just ran and we're getting on the bike. And then we got to get off the bike and then run again. Uh huh. And then people are like, yeah, you guys are crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're a unique breed. That's for sure. And and the answer I got from a person as far as the swimming part um, over in the European countries is that, yeah, you might not want to get in that water. Oh, that's like, a really good point. Yeah. They were like, yeah, they said, yeah. the water might not be the most safe from a health standpoint to swim in. I was like, that makes sense. I said, yep, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think of that. You're right, because they don't have the same environmental standards and right. and all these things. I mean, here, even in Southern California, if they, I don't know, they check bacteria levels and stuff. And if it's too high, they won't. I've, I've been in triathlons where they actually considered canceling the swim part because they won't let athletes go if it's if it's at an unsafe level whereas in Europe maybe they aren't monitoring that and so you don't know what you're getting into <laughs> right and but, they do that here um on this side of the coast as well you know if, mm-hmm. if there's like been a heavy rain or something they'll check the levels of water and they're like yeah we got to cancel the swim portion of it and right. of course the triathletes get upset because yeah you got to it turns into a duathlon and you have to run twice now. Uh-huh. That's right. The triathletes <laughs> are not happy about that. We don't mind as much. <laughs> it's okay with us. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the change that's come with um, USAT. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the U.S. Triathlon Organization. Um, they pretty much have now merged everything into this new multi-sports festival. I've heard pros and cons about it. You know, you know, from, you know, do athletes, you know, I've kind of heard and I, I can kind of feel that way, too. It's like, you know, it's like we've lost our event, that single duathlon national championship event. Um, but from a business standpoint, logistics standpoint, I can understand why they did it. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I I agree. And ha- I see the pros and cons of both sides. I loved when it was just the duathlon world championships because it was, you know, we had our big spotlight moment as duathletes. (laughs) It's like this, this weekend of racing, this world championship event is all about the duathlon. We're not getting overshadowed by the triathlon or, or any other multi-sport events, which was really fun. Just even from the standpoint, like I've raced in Spain many times and the opening ceremony was just enormous for in the amount of support for the do athletes. Yes. And it was, it was so exciting. And so that was a really neat thing just to have that be our world championship event. Um, but I do understand from a monetary and logistic standpoint, why they did it. I mean, it's a lot easier to have one city host all of them at the same time and so there's there's some there's some excitement in that too, and that the fact that it's now like a week long thing to ten days long, 
it, it feels a little bit more like the Olympics because you have your opening ceremony and then you have all these different events going on at different times and just have athletes everywhere all the time. Right. <laughs> so there's some, there's an energy to that too. That's, that makes it unique. So I like, I mean, you know, it is what it is now that that's the way they are designing it going forward. So I see, I, I've found the positive in that as well. Right, right. And you have to to kind of keep that positive mindset going forward and not just be like, oh, they changed it. We lost our event. You know, it is all about staying positive and just say, hey, they made a change. I'm going to adapt and pivot and just with it. Yeah. The only thing that's different for sure is you have to be very uh, on top of getting your travel accommodations. The U.S. team always books out host hotels for the u.s team but before they only had two athletes to consider and now they have all of the athletes triathletes aquathon and so that's the only thing from the athlete standpoint is you have to book your travel accommodations early because the hotels fill up so much faster since there's more athletes coming yes yes all right so let's kind of go back and you mentioned um the team USA part. So what was your experience with that? You know, once you qualified and you made team USA, how was that experience as far as being a part of that and then going overseas? It is the best experience being a part of that is um, it's just such an incredible thing to experience USA Triathlon does a great job with their athletes, with organizing, with managing everything. So that's really wonderful because once you get to Europe, they have everything laid out as far as logistics and team runs, team rides so that you can see the courses. Uh, So that's really wonderful. They do a great job. And it's the energy of opening ceremony and the parade of nations is just really, really incredible. The, the just, I'm a, I love our country and I'm so honored to represent us in competition. So to get to have your USA uniform and, and represent the country in competition is it's the best thing ever. See, now you just fired me up more. I've got to qualify. Yes, you do. You do. You're gonna love it. It's the. It's just so great. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still haunted by that one minute. Mm, you're gonna get it. I missed it. I'm, it's one of those where you're just kicking yourself. I'm like one minute. Why? Wow, oh, minute. yep. I know how that can be. <laughs> but I. <laughs> I was gonna say I know all too well my silver medal at the Powerman World Championships. I missed the gold by 11 seconds after eight hours of racing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't know she was that close to me. I'm like, oh, so, if only okay. I hadn't fixed my shoe at that one point that took about 30 seconds, right? Right. <laughs> so, But 11 yeah. seconds, so I can't cry about my one minute anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a tough 11 seconds to take, but it's, completely motivated me now and it you know it's a good lesson in racing because it's just that thing that you can't ever let up you can't ever get in that place where you think oh I'm comfortable here my position is solidified or they're too far ahead I can't catch them because I ended up making up uh, 
10 minutes on the last 18 mile run on that girl, which I thought was impossible. So it's just a good lesson to always race to the finish and just not let up. Yes, definitely. You know, again, mindset, you know, yep. mindset. And see, my year was that year where the weather, I think it was 2019, where the weather was so bad, they had mm. to sit and change it from a sprint to a super sprint. Oh, oh, at nationals, you mean? Yes. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys had really a really rough day. Yeah. When they just like, when do we start? Just go. And they were like, just go, just go. And we were like, okay. Right. I, I mean, know. That made it difficult for you guys. It changed the whole race. Yes. It completely changed everything. Uh-huh. They were like, yeah, this is a super sprint now. You're only going to do this, this, this. Just go. Uh, right. <laughs> go before yeah. the storm gets worse. <laughs> yeah. And my mindset just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Found out like, I missed this by one minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And then you're thinking about all the places you could have made up a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In transition or whatever. Yeah. Yes. I understand. All right. So let's talk about. Some, a little bit more uh, specific things as far as you, the athlete. So what is your go-to running shoe? I train in the Asics GT2000. I love that shoe. It's really, it has good cushion and good stability. And then mm-hmm. I race in the Asics DS Trainer. So it's basically the same design as far as it's very good support, but it's just lightweight. It's just a, a a racing shoe okay and what bike do you use for races i have the cervelo p5 which i'm in love with (laughs) it's my baby and yes so cervelo p5 (laughs) okay and do you have a particular regimen you follow in in regards to fueling during a race yeah, if it's an Olympic distance, I have I always have a bottle of two bottles of sugar. I have one on the down tube and then one on the aero bars. Okay. And then I always have I tend to pack more food than I think I'll need because bonking is the worst. <laughs> so yeah, so I always have more than I would probably use, but I always carry four goos with me also. So Sometimes I'll go through all of that. I'll I'll have um you know so I usually have like uh, maybe one goo on the ten k midway through and then one or two goos on the bike okay. and then just and and my drink mix and then on the last run I'll just grab the Gatorade or whatever they have on the table and take a sip if I need any sugar there. But um, sometimes I'll even have a goo on the run if it's a if it's a day where I'm just ripping through calories and I can feel my sugar's a little teetering on possibly bonking, then um, fortunately my stomach is not sensitive, so I don't get I don't get any GI distress if I have one too many goos. <laughs> yeah, see that's the thing with me. You know, gels and goos just don't work with me. Now, mm. energy chews, great. Yeah. So, like the energy chews, the energy. Um, the, I think like jelly beans, those things work for me. It's mm. a matter of popping them in. Right. Versus right. like with a goo where you just 
just take the powder, just suck on it for a little while and just toss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm training, I do a lot of the energy chews also, but for when I'm racing, I don't like to chew because I'm breathing so hard. So the goos are just easy for me to suck down. <laughs> okay. And someone suggested to me to try baby food. I never thought about that. And they're like, yeah, quite a few people use baby food. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Oh, that's, a, that's not a bad idea because it's the same consistency of a gel. You just, it squeezes out and it's in that puree form. Right. So, okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that might be worth trying during training to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, try it during training. And make sure you get a good flavor. Some of those are, are, are you know, like spinach and broccoli and stuff. They might yeah. not be so good on the bike. <laughs> yeah, I think banana. I'll probably see something like banana. That seems to be safe. That might be safe. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot better. <laughs> so kind of going back a little bit as a new athlete, you know, we know with the triathlon side, there? Yes. Okay. There was a it was a feedback. Okay, or I got a see, I got a call that came in. Okay, but we're still connected. A call came in, so I wanted to make sure I didn't lose you. Yes, we're still connected. Okay, very good. So what I'm going to say is that you know with triathlon side of things, you have the pro card. You can get your pro card. You have pro triathletes. Mm-hmm. They don't really have anything like that for the duathlon side. Not really. I mean, they do, but what I found and the reason that I have, um, I just kept in the division that I was racing in mm-hmm. is because at nationals, for example, um, you know, we all race together. So there yes. was one girl that raced in the elite division, but only one. And right. so I got third overall at nationals and I think she got fourth overall so so on the rankings it listed me as third place elite because it was third overall does that make sense so sometimes I just I I don't know I guess I I've considered talking to USAT about it I just have sort of left it where it was because they found that the competition of what I was doing and uh, I was trying to get the gold medal in my division. I just, it's, so it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question or not, but. Yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, some people have asked before, they're like, you know, do they have, you know, can you turn pro as a do athlete? And I'm like, I don't think so. I said, because I never hear of anyone, you know, you hear of triathletes getting, you know, going out there pursuing you know, a pro card. I said, but you really don't hear about that on the duathlon side. Um, and I know, like you were saying, usually when they do announce that, you know, people are running elite at um, national championship, it's usually like one or two people. Because I think right. I've seen one female and I think I've seen one male. Right. So I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure why it's not a thing in duathlon. I mean, definitely. So you definitely can get your pro card, but it's interesting that so many people don't. For example, in my division, a girl named Kirsten Sass, who's very fast, she's won multiple, multiple world championships and her times are on par with the elite world championship times, but yet she's never gotten her pro card. She just races as a division duathlete so it's interesting that, yeah, you're right. In, a, in the national championship, there's one female. Sometimes there's none. 
But because we get scored, you know, it's still, we're still racing against them. I, I don't know. I never really, I never, it wasn't a big deal for me to, to do that. Well, maybe one day they'll they'll have it where you say, "Hey, we can be pro. We have pro do athletes now." Yeah, that's right. All right. So this next question is going to kind of be a two part question. Um, your proudest moment as an athlete, and then your worst moment or biggest mistake as an athlete. Huh. Okay. This is this is a good question because they're in this. They're both in the same race. Oh, okay. <laughs> So in September, I had qualified for the duathlon, the Powerman World Championships in Switzerland, okay. which is a 6.2-mile run, a 93-mile bike with 7,000 feet of elevation gain in the Alps, so very hilly, Wow! and then an 18-mile run with about 2,000 feet of elevation gain on alpine trails, you're on gravel, dirt, and... Um, it's a really intense event. I had never done that distance before. So I didn't know how I would do or how I would feel. And it turned out it's, it's very well suited for me. I had a great race. Um, despite we had uh, freezing rain, it was, it was really something 35% of the field, the pro field, men and women dropped out because it was just so cold. Wow. It was about 42 in pouring rain for the whole eight hours. <laughs> so, um, so my proudest moment is that I never quit. I never got in my head those whole eight hours, um, no matter how cold, no matter how long I was going. I was just committed to racing and getting a medal for the United States. And so my proudest moment was finishing that race um, just because of the conditions, because of the, the grueling distance, um, because I'd never done that distance before. And, and so I was really, really proud to get the silver medal in that race. And then on the flip side of that, as I had mentioned earlier, I missed the gold medal by 11 seconds after racing for eight hours. And right. so the, the worst mistake was if you look at um, the race, I actually beat her in the athletic parts where you're running, biking, and running by about six minutes. But all of my time was lost in transition because of um, a clothing situation. Because it was so freezing, I had (laughs) – basically, I had put a bunch of clothes, extra clothes, in a bag to try Mm -hmm. to keep them dry, right? Right. So I come back after the five hour bike ride, you know, after the 93 mile bike ride or whatever it was. And, um, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hypothermic, I'm freezing. And I'm so excited because I'm like, okay, I have this bag of clothes, right. That's supposedly dry and I can put them on and finish the run and recover from this hypothermia. And so I, it took a long time to get my clothes off because I was so hypothermic. You know how when your fingers won't even work, right? Yeah. It's like yes. it's like nothing's working. So yeah. it took so much time to get everything off. I put everything on only to find out that water had dumped into the so into the bag. 
So Ooh. all of the clothes that I'm putting on are actually wetter or yeah. as wet as the ones I just took off. So it was just this faux pas of like transition to where I just had this clothing mishap of taking all these wet clothes off, putting wet clothes on, taking them off on and again. And it cost me like several minutes of that. And then I ended up losing the race by 11 seconds. So it was just one of those things like, oh gosh, if, if only I had planned a little better or, um, you know, done that a little differently, then it would have been a different race, but yeah, yeah. Now I feel bad. I, you, you've made me feel even worse. Like I can't complain about one minute no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's racing, and that's what I had to yeah. come to peace with. Is it's one of those things that it's like I can go on about where I lost eleven seconds or could have gained yes. it, but yeah. it's like you know that's the way it went that day, and that's just how racing can be. Yes, A- any given day. Yep, that's right. Any given day, anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> So what would be your advice to someone who is interested in getting into um, duathlons? Um, you know, I started, I was 46 when I did my first duathlon. Um, and I know some people, you know, even getting people just to kind of consider running, some people kind of have that feeling of, yeah, I'm too old, it's too late for me to start. So what would be your advice to someone who was interested in, in getting into the sport? First of all, it's never too late to do anything. There's just so many incredible stories of people starting athletic endeavors, uh, business endeavors, acting endeavors, all kinds of things at all ages, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. So I'm a big fan that it's never too late and to not listen to people that tell you it is. (laughs) Um, And as I think that my advice would be to just be really patient with yourself starting out and start out with a small one, a sprint one, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, maybe even do a sprint one on a relay team just to get a feel for what the flow is like and ha- of transitions yes. and things. And then you have the support of uh, teammates doing it with you. So just so that I think the most important thing is to have fun with it and just look at it from that standpoint of like, okay, I'm going to try this. It's a new thing. Uh, Like anything, nobody's ever good at something when they first start. There's so much to learn and so much experience that, that teaches you later. So just being patient and having fun with it. That would be my best advice. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Great, great advice. So if you could tell your younger self something, if you were able to go back into a time machine, what would it be? Chill out. (laughs) (laughs) I would tell myself to chill out that life is so much fun and there are so many exciting things and opportunities and to not get hung up on little things that really in the big scheme of things don't matter. And even from my racing standpoint, it's interesting because I raced in college and, and I've been racing my whole life, basically. But my best racing is now because I have so much more fun with it. You know, it's like when I was in college, I was so focused on having to win and I had to produce and I felt like I was on this scholarship and I had to, 
you know, prove myself to the coach and the university for putting this trust in me to give me a scholarship and just so much pressure. And, and I, and I did well, but I do so much better now. And it's much more fun and flowing. And it's like, I do the best I can do and just, just go with it. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. All right. So what is a non athletic thing about you that most people don't know hmm (laughs) well I love to sing to people even though I'm not that great of a singer so that makes it even more fun (laughs) okay so like my boyfriend I'm always singing to him or if there's a song on the radio I'm like oh oh turn it up so I can sing it to you and he's probably thinking oh my gosh (laughs) please stop but so yeah, that's a non-athletic thing. Um, also, I do acting. I guess that would be something non-athletic that yes. a lot of people wouldn't know. So, so what have you been in that we may have like? Oh, that was her. Oh well, I've done a lot of commercial acting. So for a while, I was doing Tempur-Pedic commercials. You know, the bed, the mattress. Okay. So. Um, yeah, so it was kind of fun for a couple years when that the, there were about four or five different commercials running, and so people called me the Tempur-Pedic Girl, which, which I was very excited because I I love that company. Uh, I've done I've done uh, let's see I'm trying to think of what something people would have recognized. Um, a lot of athletic stuff. I've um, you know Nike. Uh, oh gosh. Um, I've done uh, Oakley. That was a really fun one because I love that company. Okay. Um, so yeah, just some really fun brands that I'm I'm a fan of the brand anyway. So it's fun to be a part of that. Yes. Yes. All right. So what's next for you? Are you training for anything? You got any races coming up? Yes, I'm training for. I have the na- the national championships are coming up in Texas in uh, end of April, April thirtieth. So I'm getting ready for that and then qualified for the Olympic distance duathlon in the world championships in Romania. So that's in June and then qualified for the Powerman world championships in Switzerland in September. So those are my three big races and I really want to redeem myself in Switzerland and get the gold medal. So um, I'm going to be ramping it up to, to work hard for that. I, I'm making a prediction that it will happen. Thank you, Eric. I like that. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, I will be cheering for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a great race. I'm excited to get to do that again. I learned so much after doing that the first time. You just, you know, you, you learn so much more than a second time around. Oh, yes, definitely. That, that's with any race, any race. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so you got any last words you want to share with the listeners? Well, just go for what you want in life, whatever that is, and don't listen to the naysayers because there's a lot of people that always have an opinion about what you should do or shouldn't do, and, and uh, nobody knows better what you should do with your life than you, so... Trust yourself, love yourself, and believe in yourself. Best advice I've ever heard. Great advice. Thank you. So with that, Kristen, it has been great talking to you. Thank you. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed our conversation and the questions. Yeah. 
and I could probably go on for another hour or so, but I think too much of your time. No, this is great. You know, pick your brain. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anytime. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Anytime you want to pick my brain, we'll have a conversation. (laughs) So if anybody wanted to kind of get in contact with you, uh, how could they do so? So my Instagram is at team Hetzel, my last name. So T-E-A-M and then H-E-T-Z-E-L. Um, you can message me on there. I'm also on Facebook under Kristen Hetzel. And then I have a website, kristenhetzel.com. And that's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-H-E-T-Z-E-L.com. And so there's a contact page there as well that I'll get an email or any contact um, if you want to chat or have any questions. Awesome. Kristen, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Eric. All right. Have a great evening. You too. Take care. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.